This is on a, another level. This guy went in with his six shooter. Yeah, and shot a ghost in the face. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And today we are going to be talking about ghosts caught on film. There's going to be one story that's legend and that's, you know, true as far as the way they present it. And then I have a very cool new Twitter story that involves ghosts caught on film. Is that right? Yes, I do. Ooh, that's It's different. Exciting. We'll get to it. It's, it's not like a continuous thread and the writer and artist puts right up front that it's fictional. Like, you know that this is just part of his work or whatever, but it is so cool. I think you're going to love it. Okay, awesome. So a little highlight. Yeah, little highlight. When you say ghosts on film, because I am unaware of this. Right. It's going to be all this me week. this week, guys. Very yeah. sorry. Are you referring to, like, times that ghosts Photos. have supposedly shown up in movies, like uh, Three Men and a Little Baby? I'm not. I'm going to tell you the story behind a famous purported ghost photo. So a ghost that was caught in a photograph okay. and the story behind that. And then the story behind these ghosts that are drawn into photos that this artist Trevor Henderson does. Very cool. All it's right. Awesome. Super awesome. And yeah, before we get to that, we'll just mention that if you go to patreon.com slash pod right now, there's actually a new bonus episode waiting for you today. A new bonus episode comes out on the 15th of every month. Whoop. Is the, is the 15th Saturday? Yep, it'll be out tomorrow. Okay, it'll be out tomorrow. So you can just get a get a jump on it. You can be sitting, looking at your Twitter, waiting for it to refresh it. Jump on it. Jump on it. And happy Valentine's midnight Day. midnight on the 15th. Happy <laughs> Valentine's Day. I love Valentine's Day. Do you? I love it. I think it's a great holiday. Yeah. I know it's made up, but I think it's nice. Yeah, sure. Think, everything's made up. Yeah, I know. But, you know, people are like, ah, it's a... Have fun, folks. Yeah, it's, not, it's nice. Yeah, I like it. a good it. time. So happy Valentine's Day to you. But yeah, go to patreon.com slash pod and become another world warrior. You're going to get that bonus episode tomorrow that comes out, a bonus episode every single month, plus lots of little extras. Even if you're not a member or you're on the fence, you can go to patreon.com slash pod and scroll, and you obviously won't be able to see the complete posts, be able to see the titles of the posts and get a gist for what we kind of do over there. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. I will also say say that I did a solo live that's stream right, that's right which is up on Patreon uh, where I was digging into Little Brother's final clue mm -hmm. two people left something on my doorstep I show the video from my ring camera and then try to dig through what does this last message mean. Yeah. It was a, a an audio cassette that was left on the doorstep. So there was a lot to sort of like riddle out. Right. But that's sitting up there right now. So you can go check that out too. Yeah, there's all kinds of cool stuff. And speaking of Little Brother, we have gotten another communique. I don't think we've talked about it on the show we yet. I don't yeah. think. When we did the Little Brother live stream on Patreon... And we kind of sewed it up and we found out, as you may have listened to on our regular feed, we had the Little, Little Brother Saga Parts 1 and 2, where we revealed that it was our friend Bobby. When we found that out on Patreon, with the live stream of everybody watching, we said, we don't want this to be over. Somebody else send us weird cryptic things. Let's keep this going. And somebody answered, who goes by the name of The Prophet. And only The Prophet. That's right. Uh, so Kristen and I already did a first live stream trying to figure out email one. Mm -hmm. A second email just arrived today. literally today as we're recording. Yep. So there's going to be more to dig through. Yes. Uh, but that's the kind of fun that you get over on patreon.com slash pod. So definitely check it out. Yeah, it's And stay awesome. up to date with everything we're working on by following at pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's right. Okay. Speaking of Instagram, speaking of photos, actually speaking of Patreon a little bit, will... I titled this in my notes. I usually have just a, a title in my head for the episode. I titled it Ghosts on Film. Yeah. And when I did our weekly clue over on Patreon, because I post a clue about what the week's episode is going to be over there, I my clue for this week, this is the kind of stellar writing you'll get over there, is, is I said, take the Duran Duran song Girls on Film, and how would you make that spooky? That's the subject of this week's episode. Very accurate. You're correct. And Tina wrote in and said ghouls on film Ooh. which is way better than ghosts on, on film. film obviously it's ghouls on film 
ghouls on film. So hats off to you, Tina. You're much smarter than me. And now it's ghouls on film. So we're going to talk about those. Love it. I'm going to start off t- telling you about the brown lady of Raynham Hall. Oh, yes. Do you know about this? We talked the brown lady Uh-oh. of Raynham Hall. No, 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 no. Okay. The brown lady. You know how like occasionally you and I will research something and then a satellite uh-huh. spooky story will come into our research and we're like, I could go down this tangent, but it'll yes. take too long. Save this for later. The Brown Lady of Raynham Hall came up somewhat recently, I want to say, and we tabled her for later. Mm-hmm. I guess later is now. I'm very excited. Well, that I'm sure that happened, and I just don't remember it. I tabled her because I was watching, and maybe this happened to you two separately or something, who knows, but I was watching that show, The Imagineers, on Disney Plus about the building of Disney World and Disneyland and all the places, yeah. and in the episode that they're talking about the Haunted Mansion, they it was a quick aside, but they said that I think the bride in the Haunted Mansion was partially based on the brown lady of Raynham Hall, and I... Took out my phone Bingo. and I quickly jotted it down to check out later. That could very well be what it was then because yeah. I, we talked about Haunted Mansion on a right. recent episode. And I love the Imagineers show mm-hmm. on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, How awesome. amazing is that? The like, creativity, the ingenuity, and the technical know-how that goes into building Disney. It's insane. It makes you want to like instantly like put on your hard hat, grab yeah. a pickaxe. And a notebook, I guess, and start writing down ideas and figuring out how to tackle them. It's super, super cool. It's unbelievable what they did with like the technology of the day. Yeah. You know? A thousand percent. So I jotted that down and came back to it and found out about the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. And now I will tell you the deal. Cool. So Raynham Hall is this big estate that's in Norfolk, England. And in 1936, a photographer. So there are lots of interesting, like, old-timey and British titles in this story, which is funny. I feel like everybody, their name wasn't just like Joe Blow. It was like Earl Joe Blow or whatever. (laughs) So a photographer whose name was Captain Hubert Provant. Ooh. It could be Provant. I don't know, but I like Provant. Hubert Provant. Hubert, Captain Hubert Provant. The pleasure is all yours. (laughs) Captain Provant. Um, He was a photographer and he came with his assistant, Indre Shira to take pictures at Raynham Hall for Country Life magazine because it was like a big famous estate in England. And they'd already taken one picture of this grand staircase that seems like it might be kind of a centerpiece of the home when you walk in. And the captain still had his head underneath the cloth that they used for taking pictures back then. Like picture an old timey person taking a picture where their head is underneath something and they're looking through the camera, which is like a big box. They got to hold up that thing that goes poof. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's underneath that cloth thing and Shira sees a misty veiled form just smoothly moving down the staircase. Mm. So Shira yelled over to the captain to like quickly take a picture. There's something there. So the the captain took a picture with Flash and then came out from under the cloth and the figure had already disappeared when he came out. So he didn't get to see it, but Indre Shira did. So when they developed the photo, the captain did get to see it because they saw that it actually was captured in the photo. So, and I'm going to be talking about some visual things in this episode. I'm not going to dwell on the visuals all that much for obvious reasons. It'll suck for the people listening. But picture an old-timey staircase with like a misty figure on it. It's really not any more distinct than Vaporous. that, I would say. Right. You you really can't, you can't see a face, like nothing like that. It's just vapor kind of in the shape of a human. You don't even see arms or legs or anything, but, you know, Almost whatever. like when you look at a cloud and you can make out a yeah. shape. You might imagine a person in there, but it's primarily just a, a cloud of vapor. Right, right. It's, it's kind of just mist. But everybody freaked out over it. So the picture was published in Country Life as planned, along with the other pictures. But then it kind of caught on and it was published again on its own a few months later in Life magazine, which is kind of a bigger magazine. And it caused a major ruckus because Raynham Hall had been long said to be haunted. And now with this picture, they felt that they had proof of the brown lady's existence. Mm. So here is who the brown lady is. And we have to go back in time to figure this out. Gotta go back in time. time. I watched Back to the Future 2 this yeah. weekend, and I watched Back to the Future 1 a couple weeks ago. 
What a movie. It's been a bit for me. Oh my God. They're so good. We wanted to take, you know, the new TV for a ride. Sure. And then we got like a sound bar. So we wanted to hear it. Oh, it was so good. Oh, nice. Um, So back in time, the estate was in the Townsend. I'm assuming it's Townsend or ta- it's spelled like Townshend. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Townsend. Yeah. And assume fine. that it's like a silent H. A Townsend. It's like old Englishy. Yeah. Um, so the estate was in the Townsend family for hundreds of years. And in 1713, Charles Townsend, who was described as the first Viscount Townsend. I was like, what the hell's a Viscount? What is that? Yeah. So I Googled that and I found out that a Viscount is, quote, a British nobleman ranking above a baron and below an earl. Oof. Wow. Okay. I don't know. What the hell's going on? Sandwiched between <laughs> the earl. I was thinking about that. Yeah. Um, so, Are yeah. people named Earl named after people like the, who the, the like title the title of Earl? I don't know. Earl, the name to me, seems so distinctly American. I know. So, I don't know. Like, back in the day, were there Americans who wanted to be fancy? And they were like, well, right, in yeah. Britain, they have Earl, so we'll name our boy Earl. My son will be Earl. Yeah, and then it just kind of, it became... Because he's the king of my world. <laughs> doesn't make it, sense. It lost the its Earl cliche. Earl because he's your king? Yeah. What? It's not working. Earl is a title like a king. It's right. below a king. Well, Donald Trump has a son named Baron. That's a good point. Right? That's a good point. He is also an idiot. <laughs> Did you know Not that? Baron. <laughs> Donald Trump. <laughs> so it doesn't speak too highly of, of taking titles as names. <laughs> Doofuses. <Yeah. laughs> Just scrambling for royalty. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I know what I'll do. Status. I'll make everything gold and I'll have a kid named the Baron. Yeah, exactly. It's a kook. Um, so... Charles Townsend married Dorothy Walpole, and she was the sister of uh, England's first prime minister. So this is a very muckety-muck pairing. Yeah. They're very, very fancy. However, Charles was anything but a nobleman, and he acted like muck. Whoa, no. That's right. So rumors made their way to him that Dorothy at one point, ha- at one point, by the way, there. so I found three sources about this, or obviously more. Two of the sources said that at one point before she married Charles, that she was having a romantic relationship with Lord Thomas Wharton, a well-known ladies' man. Mm. One source said that it happened while she was married, so it was an affair. But okay. two against one, I'm going to say that she had this relationship before him, but then this brought shame yeah, this to guy. Charles Townsend because he was like, oh, she was with this like ladies man kind of dude uh, he, he, he <laughs> lured her over with that cavassier yeah. <laughs> yeah i like to butt yeah I oh like i'll be right butt. there ladies man does anyone know the wait, ladies man anymore wait, wait, wait what's the origin of debut well the origin i mean there is Dab a moment it. where he's yes yep Why the ladies man in the movie, the ladies man. Right. He has a resume for a job, and they go under interest here. It says right. dab it, dab it. And he's like, yeah, that says da butt. <laughs> <laughs> On his resume, his interests were da butt. I'm sure he gets the job. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. So anyway, either Townsend was pissed that she had a life before him, right. or she had an affair. Chip on his shoulder, real vulnerable. Got to act out. Yeah. Right. Real, real cool guy. Yeah. So in 1725, and this is 12 years into their marriage. So especially if we're going with the version of events that had him just upset that she dated somebody before him, 12 years in, <laughs> you react this way. He locked her. And by the way, this is all a legend. Uh, okay. Not sure. Yes. But the story is that he locked her up in Raynham Hall and told everybody that she had died. Oh, my God. He even held a fake funeral for her. And just had her locked away. What's in the casket, you think? I don't know. Nothing? Books? Bugs? Books. (laughs) Books? (laughs) To to give it a little weight? Yeah. For the pallbearers? Right. Or maybe they found an excuse not to have pallbearers doing that stuff. Right. It's like, we'll we'll take care of it later. I don't know. What a weird time where you can... Yeah. Trap someone in a tower, essentially. Like, really, like, yeah. Well, I guess if you're a viscount, you have enough pull that people just trust your word. Yeah, I guess so. Or something yeah. really weird. Um, so he held this fake funeral for her, but she was actually just roaming the halls of Raynham Hall <laughs> all by herself until she finally died a year later of smallpox. Ooh. So it seems to be that people 
um, accept as fact that she died of smallpox. That seems to be legit. The thing about being locked in Raynham Hall seems to be more legend. That's not necessarily like hard fact, but it also it also didn't say on Wikipedia, and I included links in the show notes. Like there's a legend that this happened, but it's not true. Right. Um. So I'm not. You know, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm sure you could look into it further and find something more definitive, mm-hmm. but I didn't see it. I mean, we've talked a lot on this show about legends and hearsay, mm-hmm. and we're very well versed with the fact that stories evolve over the course of many people telling them. Yeah, it's a game of telephone. If it's confirmed that she died of smallpox, I listen, I don't know anything about the half-life of smallpox or how quickly it acts. Nor I. But if she was unwell, maybe she just couldn't leave home. Mm-hmm. And maybe that bore into the legend of her being locked up. You know, that's very... maybe she was legitimately locked up. Sure, Horrible sure. things happened. But that's, but that's a good point. That Just to think a little bit about it, yeah. That's actually a really interesting idea like maybe nobody saw her for a long time mm-hmm. so somehow this rumors. this rumor spread yeah. rather than that she's just in bed because she has to be and everything's on the up and up people are like well actually viscount townsend yeah. has her locked away the count has yeah. trapped her inside the <laughs> castle viscount 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 yeah um that's a very very good point so they say that she died, but she never really left. Mm. So the first sighting of her was more than 100 years later after she died in 1835 during a Christmas party at Raynham Hall. And I don't totally understand what was going on at Raynham Hall during all this time. This Christmas party thing wasn't written about as though it was a party that the Townsends were having. If they, If it was, they just left that sentence out. It almost made me think that they rented it out for sure. things or something at a certain point. Um, but so at this Christmas party at Random Hall in 1835, a guest said that they saw a lady in a brown dress in the hallway. Then somebody else said that they saw her too, and that when that person approached her, she turned around and her face was glowing and her eyes her, you know, her eye sockets were empty, where oh. her eyes should be was just totally empty and hollow. So apparently because of this, um, some of the house staff was totally freaked out and they fled this party. They were like, I'm done. Got out of there. A year after that, in 1836, a man named Captain Frederick Marriott Whoa. requested to stay at Raynham Hall to disprove the haunting. But he ended up with a ghost story of his own that he relayed to his daughter, Florence, who later retold it. I'm going to read a quote from Florence. Quote, the figure halted of its own accord before the door behind which my father stood and holding the lighted lamp she carried to her features grinned in a malicious and diabolical manner at him. So that means that she was roaming the whole the halls holding a lantern to her face to make sure you're seeing how freaky she looks yeah. and make sure you know she doesn't have eye sockets and grin at you maliciously. It's funny that, you know, the, the suggestion then, it's funny because like ghosts... Sometimes they seem like they're echoes of who they used to be. Right. Sometimes they're, what do you refer to it as? Like uh, a, a residual, residual haunting. haunting. Mm-hmm. They're playing out the events of their life or something. Mm-hmm. For this ghost to be aware of the fact that she looks spooky. That she's scary. And to delight in wanting to make sure that people see her so that they're afraid of her. Yeah. Quite mad. Yes, quite mad indeed. I mean, if we go with that story, maybe all that time in isolation. Yeah. And maybe it somehow embittered her, embittered her against other people who get to live life on the outside. And now when they cross her path, she wants to freak them out. Yes. The thing that she would otherwise have been like, you know, presumably when she became a ghost, when she died and, you know, became a ghost, she was horrified. Like, think about yeah. Haunting of Hill House. Like, the yeah. bent neck lady is horrified to re- realize she's the bent neck lady. Right. If the brown lady of Random Hall was like, what have I become? Oh, my God. People are afraid of me. Oh, my God. This is horrible. And then starts to be like, well, then if you're afraid of me, be in. afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Lean in. Mm-hmm. And now the glowing face that uh, that one person saw, right. she's like, yes, I will make sure my face is illuminated so all will see. Yeah. You should all run and hide. Run away from the scary snake man. That's yeah. a quote from Chandler from Friends. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's a good one. <laughs> I accidentally blended Chandler Bing into the great the brown lady of Random Hall. <laughs> Two great tastes that taste great together. <laughs> I, I mean, so. it makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, well, she got a little more, bit more than she bargained for when she wanted to show her face to this guy and freak him out. Because, and going back to the quotes... This act so infuriated my father, who was anything but lamb-like in disposition, that he sprang into the corridor with a bound and discharged the revolver right in her face. So he shot her in the face, this ghost. 
The figure instantly disappeared and the bullet passed through the outer door of the room on the opposite side of the corridor and lodged in the panel of the inner one. I don't know. My father never attempted again to interfere with the brown lady of Raynham. So heard a knock at his door. Yeah. Grinned in a malicious and diabolical manner. This guy draws his weapon. Yeah, he's like a shoots her in the face. Sam. Well, you know, he's a tough guy. <laughs> Captain Frederick Marriott, who requested to stay there to disprove the haunting. He's like a tough guy. Right. What kind of energy is that? I don't know. It's a weird energy to bring to this. Watch that over yonder. <laughs> Raynham Hall. I heard they got a go- I'm going to prove I'm better than any ghost. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted to best it. If he couldn't prove that it didn't exist, they needed to dominate right. it. He's... What what a way to be. He was not <laughs> lamb-like in disposition. Didn't he have anything better to do? No. What the hell was life like back then? I don't know. I will Seems... dominate the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He should have challenged it and been like, well, that's the most beautiful face I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it'd be much tougher to just like Kill look into kindness. it and smile at her, and she realizes that she doesn't have to scare yes, people. Exactly. Some of them are good. Mm-hmm. Then you fall in love. But no, he's a big, dumb ox. <laughs> and he tried to shoot a ghost. <laughs> right. Literally the only thing this guy knew about her was that she was a ghost. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's a fact that's he has. He yeah. Pow! Bam! Oh, it didn't, it didn't work. <laughs> What are you, surprised? Yeah, what'd you think would happen? What the hell's wrong with you? It was pissed. These guys back then are not sounding great. It pissed him off. <laughs> well, how dare oh, she? You are pissing me <laughs> off, ghost. I'm starting to lose it. <laughs> it seems like toxic masculinity was running rampant oh my God. through Raynham Hall. Think about Thomas toxic Towns or whatever his name is. Today? Sure. Yeah, I know. This is on a n- another level. This guy went in with his six shooter <laughs> yeah and shot a ghost in the face then char- before that charles townsend locked his wife away for her because she had a boyfriend before yeah, exactly. him exactly <laughs> it's hard to think of the term boyfriend from like a long time ago I know. he was my, my boyfriend. boyfriend so actually we have a beautiful blueprint for our boyfriends from a long time ago it's true if we think about it yes from frabluka <laughs> uh let's see okay then later like 50 years later there was a sighting that was mentioned in 1926 when a member of the townsend family was in the home and saw the brown lady in the hallway and freaked out not only about the ghost but the fact that when he saw a portrait of dorothy walpole hanging in the home later he realized that this was the same person Uh. so i think he may have been the first person to make the connection between well, that not, might not be true as I'm saying it. Well, it was probably rumored, but like this was maybe Seeing the moment where it became face. a little more solidified. Exactly. So the question is, have we seen her through this photo? Mm. Have we seen the brown lady ghost through that famous picture? Back when the photo was taken, a paranormal researcher interviewed the photographer and assistant and concluded that the picture was, quote, entirely innocent of any faking. But people today theorize that the picture was created using double exposure, uh-huh. merging a picture of the staircase with actually a picture of a Virgin Mary statue. Oh, my. Which you can kind of see. If you go to look at the picture, it really does mainly look just like vapor, like we were describing. But now having the knowledge of the idea of the Virgin Mary statue somehow Uh superimposed, you can kind of see that shape. Like the Virgin Mary is often wearing kind of a robe with her hands somewhat outstretched. There's almost a diamond shape. Yes. You can kind of see that sort of like diamond shape to the vapor. So it makes a little bit of sense. Interesting. So that is the story of the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. I love it. And so the Brown Lady of Raymond Raynham Hall is also thought to be sort of the inspiration for the bride. Yeah. In the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. So uh, uh, um, the way that her face is disfigured. I'm always fascinated by the idea of ghosts as having some sort of a rule set. Yeah. Why is she like that? Mm-hmm. You know, is the way that she died or does something about smallpox risk disfigurement? Yeah, I wonder I wonder if it gives you like very sunken eyes or something like yeah, that. Yeah, is she But carrying... then that wouldn't explain her face glowing. I feel like it suggests more of a Beetlejuice rules of being dead. Where you could maybe mm. control or manipulate the way you look to others. Right. To right. freak them out. Yeah, maybe. Because I think it's also weird that in the story with the guy who shot her in the face, if she has a glowing face, why does she even need to hold a lantern up next to her face? Well, what I was thinking is is 
those two things don't feel coincidental. They mm-hmm. feel purposeful. Mm-hmm. Maybe the first person viewed her as having a glowing face because she was holding a lantern next to her face. Yeah. And, you know, maybe her hand was obscured because True. she is translucent, not transparent. True. And so he was seeing the side of her face where she uh, has the lantern held behind her head. That's definitely, know? yeah. And so from his perspective, her face was just glowing. Then the other guy can see both arms like and can head tell on. that she's holding up a lantern. That's she definitely an interesting thought. Clearly wanted to make sure that her face was visible. Right. It's interesting. Or Beetlejuicy. Sometimes does she like to make her face glow of her own accord? And right. sometimes does she like the idea of holding it and people seeing that she wants them to see it? Yeah. Like this is an active action. It's not that I just passively glow. I'm doing this so you see that I'm freaky, which is almost freakier in a way. Totally, totally. You know, there's something about Beetlejuice. Sorry for this weird tangent. Mm-hmm. But there's something about Beetlejuice that I think is really cool and is under highlighted yeah. about what that story is. The two, uh, Alec Baldwin and... Gina Davis. Gina Davis are ghosts in that house. And then, um, you know, Lydia Dietz and... Um, what's her name? I love her. Oh, um... Shit's Creek. Oh, my God. Why am I blank? Oh, Catherine O'Hara. Catherine O'Hara. Like, they move in and everything. What the purpose of Beetlejuice is... Yeah. He's supposed to be an exorcist for right. the living. right. Which is fan- what a fantastic yeah, it's concept. Awesome. He's a ghost that gets the living out of your house right. rather than, you know, a priest right, who gets the ghost nuisance. out of your house. I feel like that's the that's the excuse for the movie. That's the conceit for the but movie. But it's like one of the coolest things about it. It's such a great idea. Yeah, it's I'll get rid awesome. of the living. Last thing I want to say about the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall yeah. is that one of the other things that instantly calls to mind for me is the gray lady mm-hmm. from the New York Public Library in Ghostbusters. Yes. Um, and there's something that's very classic about that particular terminology for a spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, the gray lady, the brown lady. Yeah. It indicates, um, obviously, I mean, you can start to picture a ghost that is of that color. Right. But it also, there's something that's oddly unknowable mm-hmm. and mysterious about something with that name. Yeah. That's the gray it's lady. It's vague. What does it mean? Right. That's the brown lady. Who is she? And yeah. maybe they did see... The painting that looks just like her, and maybe that is her. Right. But the brown lady is still a further corruption of who that woman ever was. Right. She's become the brown lady. Yeah. She's not herself anymore. She is this thing. Yeah. It thingifies a person to give them a ghost title like that. Yeah, it does. Because again, maybe they lean into it. They're like, okay, now I'm the mysterious, the legendary brown lady of Raynham Hall. And now Mm -hmm. I have to live up, so to speak, live up to that title. I have to do ghosty things because this is who I am now. Yeah, it's a charge. It's almost in the same way that we are kind of mocking the idea of earls and barons Mm -hmm. and what's the title? It's a title. title? Uh, Viscount. Viscount. Yeah. (laughs) Lady is a title. We find, yes, it is. You know? You're the gray lady. There's something that suggests ancient history yeah. about it. There's something that uh, uh, announces like an elegance. Right. The gray lady feels poised. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And that's extra spooky for like a spirit that might be yes. slowly hovering around and pivoting to target you. Yeah. It's it's very eerie. It's very classic. It's it is classic. Good classic haunt vibes. I know. I really love it. Yeah. Um, also, I'm sure it's Viscount. But I wonder if we're going to find out that I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's Vice like, count. Vice count. Visco unt. Listen, there is no reason why you <laughs> that and I, I know should how to know say viscount. how to pronounce that word. Vish-count? I'm sorry. Yeah. We are, we are lowly, you know. Look, I'm American as apple pie, which I would never eat. Yeah, I don't like it. You're insane. Kristen's got a real fruit thing. <laughs> I don't like a lot of fruit. Uh, Kristen and I are like street urchins. We don't know this stuff. <laughs> I don't know these words. I don't know from Viscount. Yeah, exactly. Please. My upper lip, not stiff at all. Oh, no, no, no. This is mush. <laughs> this is a mess. Soup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's move on to something that is so awesome yes. in a different way. Okay. This is, and I'm going to get to the story slowly. I'm going to do some kind of se- uh, setup, basically. But this is going to be the story of the man with the upside down face. Ooh. Now, do you know about this at all? Because... It seems like from doing some research, so this is created on Twitter, but there was like a wiki about it and stuff. It seems like people who know, know. People oh. who know horror stuff and kind of follow online horror stuff are kind of aware of the multiple branches of lore that this dude has created, Trevor Henderson. I'll be curious to see if I do know anything then. Okay. At, at... It's new. It's new. It's I mean, this new? only started in January. 
I will say there was a period of time where I was very up to date with the horror goings on. Mm -hmm. I was up to date on all the good creepy pastas. I was, you know, paying attention to whenever anybody, you know, said that there is a horror movie that uh, uh, is so scary it'll, you know, turn your stomach, Mm -hmm. but it never actually existed. Yeah. I knew all that stuff. Yeah. And I still have some of my sources for finding those worlds where people share real spooky stuff online. Mm-hmm. But I, I fear that I've drifted too far away. So I'm very excited to hear about a new one. It's all right. I don't think you've dri- drifted that far away. You host a podcast about spooky stuff. No, so. it's definitely true. It's definitely true. You know but some like, stuff. There was a point of uh, where I used to literally store a document. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I would copy down all the best of the best of the best spooky. Maybe I should plumb that. Maybe we should yeah. take a look. If I can even find it now, I used to yeah. like all scary gifts. Even like I would go from like storytelling to down to like uh, an image that I thought was scary. I'd pull anything that I thought was scary, unique, uh, uh, and exciting, and mm-hmm. like inspiring, and put them on this document. Maybe I'll, I'll I'll pull that up. Well, you are going to love this guy's Twitter account because it's got a little bit of all of that. Oh, can't He's wait. an artist, but then he he gives a little bit of context and story to his works of art. So everything that you just said you like is all in Trevor Hen- Henderson's account, which is at Slimy Swamp Ghost. Ooh, fantastic. Fantastic. So the deal is with the man with the upside on face that these are Twitter posts. And like I said, they're not actually a thread. It's not like a long thing like Dear David or um, the Greg thread or anything like that. It's here and there when he feels like posting them sure. and giving a little more, more context. But they all link together and that they've created kind of a small-ish so far narrative about the man with the upside down face that's super cool and very creepy. And since we're talking about photos of ghosts, and this is a photo-based story, he's put pictures of this man with the upside down face into black and white photos from like the National Registry that are free. I felt like it kind of fit in. So like I said, the man with the upside down face just started in January, January 2020. But this guy has been posting cool stuff for a long time anyway. And a lot of them are in style of real photographs. You know that they're not. He's not trying to present them to you like they're real, but they're like found footage style photographs. So obviously it's hard and less impactful to describe visuals to you guys. So I'm not going to go over too, too many of them. But what he does is he'll take an actual photo and then draw. But super realistically, he's drawing it. But it looks, a lot of them look like it could be a real picture. They they look authentic or they look kind of intentionally not so, but close enough that it's it's still in that silence, still really creepy. Yeah. He draws these monsters into the photos and makes it look real. So basically, they're doctored photos, like you know, like the video of the Jersey Devil flying from a couple of years ago. But there's no pretense that they're real, and they're awesome. You know, quite frankly, that is how Slenderman started. Right, right. There was uh, I have we talked about Slenderman on yeah. the show? Did we do an episode? Mm-hmm. So uh, there was a forum where they had a little contest. It was a Photoshop contest, essentially. And the idea was Photoshop a scary image and build a legend. Yeah. And so this guy, Eric Knudsen, I believe his name is, mm-hmm. created it's Knudsen, this. right? Knudsen, yep. yeah, with a K. Yeah. Um, uh, this long, tall guy with creepy tentacle arms and children running away from him. He just photoshopped it into a real image. Yeah. There was no intent of it to be like, this is something that happened to these kids on a playground for real. Right. But the image just gained a life of its own. It was evocative enough that you kind of build a story around it. Became something. This is wonderful. Do this. (gasps) Everybody make good stuff. It is. so. These photos are so sweet. Everything he posts is awesome. Yeah. He has all different kinds of art. Like, he has these photo things. He has paintings. He has drawings. I'm telling you, like, if you like horror stuff, uh, at Slimy Swamp Ghost is a treasure trove on Twitter. And he also has an Instagram. I promise not to drift away. I'm going to look up his uh, Twitter as you're talking. Okay. Um, So some of my favorites of his kind of found footage style pictures um, that seem to lend themselves okay to me describing them to you. And I won't dwell on them, like I said. Um, One that I saw was, an. it looks like you're almost in a basement. Like there's an open door. And to the side of the open door, it looks like there's like a water heater or a boiler or something like that. And it's nighttime in the picture. So you're looking at an open door and you can see the night behind it. 
But what you mainly see and are drawn to are these long, super, super skinny legs that go up so far the door that you don't see anything above the legs. It's just legs take up the entire length of the door and feet. And then you see a few skeletal fingers kind of scooping their way on the underside of the top of the door jam. So this thing must be extremely tall. And it's going to have to creep down to look through the doorway at you. You can't even see a joint or anything in the knees, if they even have one. Who knows? I love that. It's really awesome. Another one that I really liked was you're looking at what kind of seems like an intersection. It's definitely a road. You can't really tell, but I just thought I'd... Give you my guess for context at about dusk or maybe about sunrise. Because you can see the sky, you can see what seems like maybe the sun rising or setting. Or I could be wrong and it could be a light from something. And there's a car on the road that has a big octopus looking thing basically next to it with one tentacle on it and is looking down into the car. Ooh. It's awesome. And then this one might be my favorite one from that photo set. I think it's so creepy i've never seen anything look like this before again it's like it's just it picked it paints such a picture so this picture looks like it's been taken from inside a car so you can see the hood of the car in front of you and the headlights are shine it's nighttime it's like dark and the headlights of the car are shining onto a tree wrapped around the tree is this gigantic skeleton snake looking thing shaped like a snake basically but it's all (laughs) skeletal but if a snake had the jawbone of like a mammal with teeth in it it has an empty eye socket it's just a skeleton and then these sections of stringy straight black hair on its head where a head would be that hair is just behind where the eye is so this picture is so detailed and realistic that you can see the reflection of this creature on the hood of the car that the photographer is sitting in. It is just so damn cool. I love it. Even just scrolling through, like I'm just scrolling through the Twitter right now. Mm-hmm. At one point he posted just like, it's a nice snowy day outside. And the photograph is taken from inside looking out through a window. Uh-huh. And it's that type of snow where it's almost like foggy as well. Yeah. And you almost have to strain your eyes a little bit. It looks like a mundane photo of snowfall. Sure. Until you realize that there is a long-limbed humanoid thing on all fours out there. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you have to like look for it. Yes. You have to like pay attention to find what's scary in there. It's almost worse once you find it. Right. Well, this man with the upside down face thing is very much like that because in some of the pictures, you can't even see it at first. You know what you're looking for, but it's kind of where's Waldoe? Like mm. there aren't so many things in there that there's like a million faces and you're looking for the man with the upside down face. Actually, sometimes there are, I just realized. But you have to look and then when you find it, you're like, ugh. Ooh, I found it. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, it is so awesome so here's the deal i'm gonna read you and they might be a little bit out of order because i'm grabbing some of them from an article from bloody disgusting which we will link to and then i went onto his twitter and combed it myself because i wanted to find his tweets responding to people within the comments about the posts about the upside down man or what is it called the man with the upside down face because i did that by chance at for one of them and he just there are little nuggets about the story that's created in his head when he's interacting with people who are tweeting at him. So I ended up like going through, <laughs> that's why I know oh, this stuff cool. so well. I like looked through all the stuff for replies and everything. I'm not going to tell you about every single post because some of them are pretty much just visual. He has a couple of pictures that he either painted or drew that are just of the face of the upside down man. And so I didn't want to be, and now here's a face to you guys who are listening. But so definitely go look at Slimy Swamp Monster for this stuff because it is so sweet. Cool. So here's the deal. I'm going to read you his tweets, like I said, kind of in order, um, but some might be out of order. So the first post about this was January 12th of this year, 2020. And Trevor posted, man with an upside down face seen in multiple photos throughout the 1910s and 1960s, often seen seen among crowds gathered after car accidents and fires. (laughs) He's never seen at the scene, only after the fact. And so, like I said, these are pictures that are in the public domain, like old black and white pictures that he has drawn, photoshopped, whatever, a man with an upside down face into. And like I said, I'm not going to describe them all because it'll be just annoying, but William, I want to show you and get your reaction. 
fun. Oh, I can't wait. So take a look at this. I can't wait. Can All right. I am looking at, it almost looks like a Model T mm -hmm. style car. So it's a long time ago. A black and white photo. The front of the car is all crumpled up. There are a ton of people gathered around, uh, almost like rubbernecking style, but they're on foot on the sidewalk. And then here it is, right through the window. You can just make it <laughs> It's like making me laugh because it's, it's freaky. It's freaky and funny at yeah, the same yeah, yeah. time. There's just a person perfectly framed through the car's windows whose face is upside down. Yep. But because the photo is so old and grainy, you can only sort of make out dark orbs where the eyes are and a dark oval where the mouth is. Even the hair is upside down. It's like his hair is a beard. Yeah. Almost his, like his like whole head is upside down. His whole head is upside down. It's you know, it almost looks like he has like a neck beard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't really make out a nose. I can just make out sort of like a mouth yeah. And two eyes, and they're each of them are just dark ovals. See, I think that there are noses in, in other pictures. Like this one, William. Take a look at this one. I think there's a nose present. Oh, I can't. So. <laughs> it's so funny. It's like you don't have to look for it. Some of them you do. You, some of them you do. Oh, big time. So here's another car, like all ripped up, some guy examining the damage. And inside the car, through the windshield, mm -hmm. you can see the man with the upside down face. This time, I have to say, because you can see his neck a little bit, it almost looks like he's like trying to look over at the damage. Mm -hmm. This time, what this looks like to me, Kristen, is Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw oh. Massacre. In this particular iteration- Yeah, it kind of looks like a flatter nose. It almost that, feels yeah. here like he is wearing the skin of somebody else's face mm -hmm. upside down on his head. Yeah. I can see that because it almost looks like there's like a seam or something. Like I feel like you can kind of see a chin, yeah, maybe laying on top of a forehead and, and why some sort is of he line doing of demarcation this? between them. And does he want well, to be seen? Yeah, I'm just like, giving you my impressions yes. now because I don't know where this story goes. Right. I also, you know, there was a uh, we talked about the Joker on we did like a two parter about the Joker mm -hmm. at some point in the Joker's history as a character. Um, he uh, his face is cut off. Yeah. Um, and he sort of like, he, he makes, like staples and like straps it back on or yeah, something. Yeah, he right? makes some lemonade out of that situation. <laughs> he sure does. The Joker's face is cut Look, he's off. He's an eternal optimist. He's always cracking up. He is. He's the clown prince of crime. Yeah. He, at some points, I think to intimidate people, starts to wear his face upside down. Oh my God. And I so don't remember. it'll be, he'll, You'll see the Joker staring at you, and it'll, it'll take a second for you to realize Ugh. that his teeth are visible through his eye sockets, and he's peering at you through the lips. Oh yeah, yeah, I don't very, remember. Very eerie, and it, yeah. there's a vibe here of that. Now I don't know if this man's face is upside down anatomically, right, right, or if he's wearing a face. But those are where my head is at presently. Yeah, totally. And also, you talk about the Joker thing. Now I don't know so much visually or what. I guess somewhat. Now that I'm thinking of the man with the upside down face in the context of the Joker, it kind of makes me think of that famous picture of the killing joke. Sure. Um, where the actor, I don't remember what his name is. Wait, that's not the that's the not the actor? killing joke. What, no, the what's killing... that um what's that movie with the guy who kind of looks like the Joker? Oh, the man who laughs? The man who laughs. The man who laughs, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah I can see that because he's got, especially because it was an old black right, and white black movie. black and white photo. So it's like a big black smile. Yes. And the man with the upside down face has a big black smile. It's just not where a smile should be. Right, right. So like, the last picture I'm going to show you and have you kind of talk about is this one because it's kind of a break. It's a departure from the first oh, two yeah. where it's not so obvious and easy to see the man with the upside down face. Yeah, not a car accident. This one appears to be people shopping at an outdoor market. The signs are not in English. I, I do not know the language. Um, most people are sort of like blurry. It almost feels like a slice of life type photo. So I'm going to zoom in a little bit and dig around. Mm -hmm. Um everybody's wearing old-timey garb everybody's wearing a hat so it certainly is of that era where you have to be sort of like prim and Gotta proper wear a hat. and i'm thinking is this him did i find him deep in the background there yes you did yeah the man with the upside down face staring straight at the camera which is uh hard to ascertain because he's very far away yeah this time it almost plays as if he wants to be on camera and and is like, oh, this is another opportunity for me to be seen mm -hmm. because he is looking straight at the lens, but from deep in the background. Right. But yeah, you can make out the 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 mouth upside down, 
the two dark eye sockets that are too low on the face. That is the man with the upside down face, Kristen. You got that right. You got the nose, the eyes, the face. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let me go back to the next post now. Yes. So this is from the next day. Trevor wrote, more appearances of the man with the upside down face. A New Year's Eve party at an Air Force base in 1943 where a man was fatally injured, a car accident in 1948, and a disastrous train accident in 1951. So he, from this we can gather, is that he's around when disaster strikes. It doesn't necessarily have to be a car accident. It doesn't have to be at the moment of impact. Uh But he's going to be around before or you know maybe after something bad happens yeah is he causing it or is he drawn to it right exactly yeah. so the next post is a drawing that trevor did of the man with the upside down face Ooh. and he accompanied it with some words about him he said his face is on wrong because he loves perverting our expectations of how a human is put together he loves grief and pain from roadside accidents but any awful feelings will do he's an awful parasite like a leech or a lamprey he's physically there we can't see him though Then he has another post, which which was in reply to somebody, I think, that says, it's interesting to note that no matter how close he gets to other bystanders, no one has ever recalled seeing him at the time. It's only in the photos after the fact that he's seen. Ah, so he's like a gremlin. Yeah, he is kind of like a gremlin. Do you remember the episode? Like you said, he's physically there, but we can't see him. He's showing up in these photos, but these people, even if you ask them, did you see a weird guy? They wouldn't have seen them. Right. Seen him. Because in that one car accident photo, it was almost like he was sitting in the passenger seat. I think I took the car accident photo as him being like standing behind the car, but you could see through the windows to see him. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, do you remember there was an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark where they have a camera. Every time you take a photograph, something bad happens to the people in the frame. Mm -hmm. They end up blaming that on a gremlin. And on every single photo that's taken and printed, there is a little watermark of that gremlin in the film. <laughs> that's so funny. Remember that? And this man... I don't. I remember, the, I remember the setup of that episode, but I don't really remember it. Yeah, this man kind of feels like that because he always appears to be looking directly at the lens like he's relishing it. Yeah, he knows. Yeah, he's about to be in this. Right. Well, maybe that's the only way he can be seen. And he maybe. knows that that device, that camera is the way that he's going to show up. These people aren't going to see him except for that. So, like, I'm going to look straight down Main Street. And if he likes to taunt, you read the one description where it said that he likes to pervert the human form. Mm -hmm. He wants to be seen because he wants you to feel that chill up your spine about something that should otherwise be impossible. Right. Not only should be impossible because it wasn't there when Mm -hmm. you were there taking the picture, but also it should be physically impossible. How does this guy have an upside down head? Just like Pazuzu who Mm -hmm. possessed Reagan and the exorcist and wanted to sort of exploit how disgusting and animalistic of being a human. Yes, absolutely. So now the next uh, tweet from Trevor was people keep asking about how the man with the upside down heads skull and inside bits work hopeless clears everything up nicely <laughs> and so it's a drawing or a painting that says anatomy it's an actual upside down head we're looking at his skeleton if you were to do an x-ray of the man with the upside down face and so he says spine uh, spine joins here uh, esophagus and then pointing to a little brain it says evil plans <laughs> alright that's funny so he's it's, he's got a sense of humor about yes. all this, too. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Okay, so there was a comment about that kind of x-ray sort of thing about the head um, that somebody made, and he wrote back that I thought kind of plays into the mythology of it, so I screenshotted it. Um, somebody asks him, or says uh, in response to that picture, a good vertical bonk on the chin and it's curtains for him. And then Trevor wrote back, joke's on you. He is timeless and his physical form exists solely as a cruel joke on humanity. Everything is for show. (laughs) (laughs) It's awesome. It's a cruel joke on humanity. I love that. It, It is both like from a creative standpoint for Trevor to have come up with this idea. There's something that is morbidly funny about that, mm-hmm. darkly funny about that. Right. But from the standpoint of like, there are stories about demons and other entities that want to pervert and corrupt 
yes people yes there is something that is uh, in the dna of definitely. that sort of demonic storytelling it- definitely like it's def- it's it's lighthearted and it's not trying to make you think this is real yeah. he's being like i drew this whatever but it definitely draws from folklore yeah it's like the idea from history mm-hmm, the idea of demons or creatures that are being drawn to tragedy whether it's their causing the tragedy or they're feeding off of the tragedy uh-huh. in the aftermath in some way that's that's a thing that's like a common lore sort of thing and it's awesome just looking through his twitter he obviously has like a real deep knowledge of horror stuff. So I'm positive that's intentional. Yeah. So the next tweet that he did about it, I think next, don't hold me too hard to the chronology, um, came a couple days later and he said, I'm finding him in more and more photos. The more I look for him, the more he seems to appear. And then he posts two photos where it's harder to see him. It's a little bit more scattered where there's like a really big crowd of people and you have to really look for the upside down face man as opposed to the earlier ones where you can see him right away. Okay, so he said another sighting. And in this one, he said, I was worried that I made him too subtle in this one, but I'm reassured by the comments. And so he said that as a reply to his tweet with the picture. And I just wanted to include it because I, like I said, I think it's cool that he's letting people in on the process. And it would be fun to pretend that this was an actual thing that's happening anyway. But I enjoy the fact that there's no fourth wall even. Yeah. And just being like, this is a fun thing I'm doing. I know that you guys are looking for it. And we're interacting about this, and it's awesome. It is fun, and it makes you root for him. Yeah, totally. Because you now you're a participant in wanting this to hold up. Yeah, you want it to hold up, and you're looking. You see these posts come out, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to have to like zoom into this yeah. and look and whatever. Then another one said, three new possible sightings, all in photos taken before a tragedy of some sort. In this case, a flooding, a mining cave-in, and a mysterious group disappearance. How can he be at all these different events? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's really fun. Um, and the pictures shown here are, yeah, like just a major flood, a uh, group of guys, and then a group of people standing around what seems to be a redwood tree. And I want to show you this one because I want to see this one. Was, it took me a minute to find him. Oh, okay. So take a look. Yeah. Okay. This so will be the last like looking photo that we're going over. So I want to cap it off with you looking. Okay, sure. Yeah. No, it's, it's like very old timey, a group of people standing at the base of a gigantic tree, which wraps... Like almost around the entire photo. And there. Did you zoom in yet? Okay. Half cut off (laughs) is the man with the upside down face standing partially behind the tree, but just peeking out enough to make his presence known. Looking again straight at the camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so weird. It's also fascinating how easy I guess it can be. I'm not to say that any of this is easy. This all required work. Yeah, yeah. But to hide things in an old black and white photo. Yeah, I know. Who knew that you could like manipulate them like that? I know. The the grain, uh, you know, of the photo, I guess really helps to hide detail. Right. And the contrast of just like black, white and gray. Yeah, uh, I I guess they can kind of blur into each yeah, other to a degree. Very cool. Totally. So now these are a couple of comments that I found screenshotted from looking at this stuff because I wanted to see what else he said about them. And so they're a little out of order, like I said. So somebody tweeted him and said, would you say upside down face is the meanest or most uncaring entity you've made? Because like I said, he's made some other characters like we have a lot. We can have a lot to mine from Trevor Henderson. I, I put him into our um, spreadsheet oh, because great. he has other characters like this and storylines. It's very cool. I saw it on the wiki. Um, so his answer to the question of whether the upside down face man is the meanest or most uncaring thing that he's made. Trevor said he's definitely the pettiest a-hole of the bunch. Ah. Um, then somebody said, uh, but you have to die to become a saint because he posted a picture. I didn't include it because it's very visual. It said like patron saint of is probably something cooler than this, but death and destruction, patron state of something. So somebody responded and said, but you have to die to become a saint. And he said, maybe there's a loophole if you were never alive. Hmm. Something interesting to think about. I like that. And then, um, creative answers. Yeah. And they're, they're fun. And then paired with a picture that he made of the upside down face man. I think this might've been the first post actually. Yeah. It's from January 12th. So I think he did this with the first post. He, um, tweeted underneath it, the emoji of lips and then space and emoji of eyes. So it's like an upside down face. Huh, cool. So it's like fun and chill He's about it. He's having a good time. And then he tweeted, nobody out here saying this guy is a friend. Good. He's super, super not. 
And then he said, the inspiration for this one was the story The Crowd by Ray Bradbury, the fifth episode of the Black Tapes podcast, and the story The Cult of the Nose by Al Serantonio. Oh, that's interesting. I know. So I don't know about The Crowd or The Cult of the Nose. Sure. um, But I know about the Black Tapes podcast. I don't remember. I guess there was an episode where somebody hit an upside on face. Was there really? I think there might have been. Now that I'm thinking about I it, I listened to it and I liked it. I, I, I don't too. remember. I think there, specifically. I think there was, which would make sense, obviously. That's fun though. It's fun to see how like these things can inspire. Yeah. Like other people, you know. Yeah, p- other people doing like creepy creative work in a. Con- it's nice it's to all see new media, you know. Uh, inspire by something contemporary. Yeah. Like it's awesome to be inspired by whatever you're inspired by, of old course. or whatever. But it's like fun to hear somebody say, "Oh, I did this rad thing because I listened to this podcast that like I listened." to to a few years ago i was inspired by that it's also really nice to to like i feel like there is a very interesting vibe now to uh the like sort of like indie new media creator scene mm-hmm. i'm noticing yeah. a lot of people who don't have chips on their shoulder anymore mm-hmm. and uh people that are like more than happy to be like hey this thing is awesome yeah totally. and just share things that otherwise would be seen as competition or mm-hmm. whatever it's yeah. not competition anymore i wonder and it, it could totally not be the case it could be with everything because i guess i do notice it across genres to a degree but i do think that there might be a sort of um camaraderie between people who like horror stuff I, there might be yeah you know I, i'm sure it's in in other places too but like i don't know i i wonder if it's something that a lot of us nerd out about in a way and are so enthusiastic about right like there are obviously people who are casual horror fans that rules too but i guess if you're making a podcast or if you're making a lot of art about it or whatever you're a little bit less than a or less or more than a casual fan you're kind of in a different headspace about it so maybe there's just let this just layer of like stokedness like yeah i want to talk about there's this i love this and thing. enthusiasm right yeah and so wherever that comes from like if it's another person doing a podcast they're doing art whatever we all are so into this thing and just like amped to talk about it yeah. so it kind of transcends any sort of worry that you would have about people in your lane or whatever yeah exactly it's nice you're just like pumped to to see other people doing stuff Mm -hmm. and so it's whatever totally so i think we're gonna leave it there excellent i i love that i that's fascinating what's the twitter handle again it is at slimy swamp ghost and the artist's and writer's name is trevor henderson excellent awesome yeah definitely check that out we're gonna have a link for you in the show notes for this episode so that you can all dig through it as well yeah Find cool stuff. Send it around. Yeah. I wonder if this is also the interesting thing about like the new media scene. Other people making photos of uh, the man with the upside down face. Right? Yes. Not impossible. So, yeah. not And also not dissimilar to Slender Man where yep. it was one picture but then it, it spawned all this other stuff. You're right. I wonder if other people have taken it and run with it and that's partially why there's a wiki. Yeah. There, it hmm. may be. Maybe. And so, people ask questions that I didn't totally understand so I put them in here they ask questions about the intersection of the man with the upside down face and other characters that he has Mm -hmm. like this can be wrong something about a cat like the creepy cat or something it just seems like people are are um understanding and all in his ecosystem so if they have the understanding of it you're right it's not impossible they have made may have made their own art with it sure Sure. Very or cool. or been inspired by it and created something completely different. Right, exactly. You know, it's fun to see again how fast the game of telephone can happen, mm-hmm. especially online now. Yeah. Um man, that's really cool. Right? Yeah, I had I don't I don't think I was familiar with that at all. Yeah, and- it's awesome. I I had them together because i knew they were both photo things cool i think i found out about it through bloody disgusting yeah 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 oh awesome i know that was rad thank you yeah no problem um all right everybody well that brings us to the end of another shocking stunning episode (laughs) of guide to the unknown that's right are you scared yeah is your spine tingling (laughs) as it should be you're gonna need a melatonin to go to sleep tonight (laughs) yeah uh if you enjoy what we do here please please consider telling your friends about it yeah help spread the word write a post uh uh photoshop the upside down face man into the background of a of a of an image absolutely youtube version of this show or something take our faces Throw them upside down and put them wherever you want. Ah. Gorilla marketing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Not really. It's just like, I don't know who they are. The upside down face siblings. Hey, you we stole that We did play that upside down guy. face a lot when we were kids. We talked about it on the show before on car trips. Oh, yeah. Either you would lie down in the car and I would look down at your face upside down and be like, whoa, it's starting to look normal to me. Or vice versa. Pre, pre <laughs> cell phone yeah. kids. Yeah. 
<laughs> Very pre-cell phone kids. Yes. My Game Boy was out of batteries or, <laughs> you know, the street lights weren't illuminating the screen enough. Right, right. Let's stare at each other's faces for yeah. fun. Should be cool. And it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> the coolest kids in the world. Hell yeah. Holy crap. I also remember that one time we were like fighting in the backseat of the car and we had a pillow back there, I guess for car like road trips. And I threw the pillow at your head and you ducked and it flew out the window. Mom got really mad. Oh, man. Yeah. Huh. That would We were pulling into the Danbury Mall. That'd be pretty bad news. You yeah. can't be throwing stuff out the window. No. Remember that time I almost fell out the door? Yes. <laughs> Driving around, I accidentally opened the back door and started to fall out. I was just holding on really? barely. Yeah. I'm falling. I'm falling. I shouted. I probably saved your life. You probably saved my life. It's true. You did. You owe me everything. (laughs) But you guys owe us nothing. We would just appreciate maybe you telling your friends. Sure. We'd also love it if you would leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, wherever you like to leave reviews. If you could tell people that you're vouching for us, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. And as always, you can find us in the Facebook group. Guides the Unknown Secret Society by going to facebook.com slash groups slash GTTU pod or just searching Guides the Unknown Secret Society in Facebook. Yeah, for uh, for more from our little world, you can mm-hmm. also dig into the archives of this show, flip back, find a topic that you're into, yeah. hit play, enjoy. Yeah. Uh, we've covered a lot of stuff on this show, movie pop culture stuff, folklore, uh, monsters, urban legends. Lots There's of ghosts. Tons of stuff of to haunting. find. Yeah. And if you still need more, hit up patreon.com slash GTTU pod. Mm-hmm. And starting on the Netherworld Warrior level, which is uh, at the entry price of $4 or more, you can get access to all of our bonus material up there, including a new episode that will come out tomorrow. That's right. So thank you all so much for taking the time to stop by. We hope that you had a good time. Mm-hmm. We will see you again next week for more terrifying tales spun from our tongues. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld go we. Mm -mm -mm. Thay Ralph there.